Golden Deer Productions. Golden Deer. Oh, oh, wait, was that not it? Hey, enter, just you forgot to enter. Hey, give you a plug. Um, where to find you? Yes, I am a rapper, singer, songwriter, and dancer. You can find me on Instagram at it's Macbeth, I T S M I C K B E T H. You can find me on Twitter where I tweet about my really shitty love life, XOXO Gossip Goth. You can find me on all streaming platforms if you look up Macbeth, M I C K space B E T H. Hi, I'm Macbeth, and this is my golden hour. Water, earth. Fire. Air. Long ago, the four dear nations lived together in harmony. Then, everything changed when the fire deer attacked. Only Derek, master of all four elements, could stop those boys. But when Boston needed him most, he vanished into the enchanted golden deer forest. Season four. So the double clap starts. It means, oh, you already have questions ready? Yeah. You were ready. (laughs) The double clap signifies the start of an episode. And before we start, one, I was wildly unprofessional this morning. I know it's the fourth time I've said it since you've been here, but we were supposed to start Roughly an hour and two minutes ago, I was locked out of the studio. So thank you for being understanding. Oh, yeah. I'm trying my hardest, man. Here you go. Just move on in. Moving on in. And we have Abu is here. Abu, swing on up. I'm very happy to be working with you, man. We love a Libra. What's your IG? Abu617? Abu underscore 617. Abu's also a great producer and a creative mind and just a really smart dude. And to my right, I have an artist who just dropped a tape this morning. What it's time? It's true. Um, I actually don't know what time it was uploaded because normally I get emails in the real time and I didn't get the email. I just happened to be on Spotify who and it notified it? me. I did. Um, the thing is that I use DistroKid, so... It sends things to different streaming platforms at different times. Usually when I upload stuff to DiscoKid, it gets on Spotify and Apple Music first. But it went on Deezer and Tidal first, which I don't know that many people who use Deezer and Tidal. So I actually uploaded all the songs three days ago because I wasn't sure how long it was going to take to get up. Oh, what is it? An RNS feed type thing? It's kind of what happens with the podcast too. Like I upload on on SoundCloud and it will distribute to Spotify and Mm -hmm. Apple Podcasts. It's like similar. Yeah, precisely. So, do you want to just kind of give a quick synopsis of who you are, what you do? This is Macbeth, <laughs> a Boston artist and a young hustler. It's true. Um, yeah, I moved to Boston when I was 19 and I started making music a year later. I performed for the first time my live materials uh, last year in May at a basement. Well, and you're um, fast, man. Yeah, and I don't know, I... I pretty much my own boss so i just send like 30 emails a day and because i'm trying to go from basements to big stages and from big stages to bigger stages with bigger artists so so you're hustling it's true i'm a hustler baby do you and hope feed off each other oh 100 hope a dope has completely changed the game for me meeting hope like 
it made me realize just how hard I wasn't working before I met her. Yeah, she works at you. Yeah, Hope is not only an insanely talented person, she's also just such a good person. And she literally, I have this song, I, I recorded my first house track fairly recently, and it's a song that I wrote two months ago like and i showed it to music. hope mm-hmm. doom, doom, yes doom. exactly like it's very like poppy house it's like comparable to azalea banks i would say um well, don't yeah. come for me azalea i know you like twitter beef um but azalea banks <laughs> yeah put yeah that foot down but i i started to hope and i like wrapped it for hope and then hope was like okay uh i want you to do it again but go slower and then she was like okay now i want you to do it again but sing and then she was like you're welcome you have a house track and can we hear it after this uh yeah it's not out but i have it on my phone if you want to i thought you got another tape dropping soon oh yeah it's um that house track actually it was a single so i was gonna drop it during um during like my the last day of pride month i had a gig where i performed it and i like debuted it at the gig but i decided to drop it as a bonus track with my second ep so my second ep is like all the sad feelies featuring one really boppy song and what was this tape for you? This tape was... Can I can I categorize it? I would love to hear it. So I listened all five songs through, and then I, I think I looped up back up to the first two. I'd say you're out here just filled with a lot of emotion. <laughs> and like, you know what? Yeah, this is me. This is Macbeth. Yeah, this is, was Is the that tape. a good way to describe it? Honestly, this was my tape that I wanted to rage on. Like, this was my tape where I was like, yo, like... I'm really pissed off. Let's talk about it. Who are you mad at? Honestly, it's not that I'm mad at anyone. It's more like I realize that a lot of things that make me upset could happen to anybody. And so I'm making music for all those people. Like for people who look and walk and talk and act and sound like me, who have similar experiences that maybe aren't as visible or are extremely visible. So you said you recorded this in the last, was it two months or two weeks? Um, This tape was recorded all of it was like recorded in the past month. Okay, so you've been pissed the last month. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't. I'd say. I'd say. Uh, it's been an irritating six months. Can you elaborate on some of the motivating forces for your irritation? Oh, for sure, racism. Racism. It's real ugly. In Boston. Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, it's it's definitely everywhere. I'm from the south, so it's oh, not yeah, like so where, where are you yeah, from? I'm from I'm from um, right outside of Atlanta. Oh, yeah, you're yeah. telling me this. Yeah, so it's like I grew up just dealing with, like, my first day of public school, because I used to go to a private Christian school that was all black, and my first day of public school, I made a friend in the bathroom because we were, like, washing our hands, and she was just like, oh, I like your shoes. And she was like, do you want to be friends? And the next day, she came to me in the same bathroom after lunch and was like, actually, I went home and told my mom that I made a new friend, and she said, we can't be friends because you're black. Whoa. And no one had ever said anything like that to me before, but I wasn't like... I was in like first grade, you know. At- Atlanta is traditionally a racist city. I mean, I'd I say thought it was from this is from an outsider's perspective. I thought it was kind of a cultural hotbed, at least on a creative end. Is, was that your sense of it too? Yeah, yeah. I'm from a suburb though, like right outside of Atlanta. What, so like, what's I've, the name? Swanee. Swanee. So it's definitely Sound racist. It's definitely. <laughs> I'd say I'm from one of those suburbs that kind of only exists because people who do business in Atlanta needed a place to put their families. You know, and so as a result, it's like this weirdly melting pot of like socialites, athletes, businessmen and their families. Cookie cutter cribs. Cookie, yeah, literally. And it's like, so it's cool because there's all kinds of people, but it's also like, you see, you see just what people want to see. And a lot of people don't necessarily want to go to public schools and like see their kids fraternizing with brown people. 
So it was a pretty mixed batch of races in the school. Yeah, I'd say I'd say that the school that I went to when I left um, a private all black school, it was definitely a good mix of all kinds of kids. Um, I ended up going to a middle school or to a elementary school later down the line that was predominantly people of color, which was definitely really cool because I met some friends that I was friends with for a very long time who were definitely instrumental in the way that I grew up and the music I listened to and all of that. But spending a lot of time with a lot of non-black people, you get to see the ways that like people view you just based on like going to someone's house and doing a group project and like walking into the room to their parents being like, wow, I've never met one that intelligent before. They can come back. Well, how much of that at that age is the kid's fault as opposed to their upbringing? Definitely not the kid's fault. I mean, nothing like that. No one is born with like this inherent desire to be like against something or to think that one thing is lesser or better than another. I agree, but I also think some people are genetically, naturally isolationists. They like to stick to their own kind. Would you agree? Honestly, yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. But also at such a young age, like, I I think I realized this probably in the past couple months, like, your parents kind of, like, control your mind for the most part as your brain is forming and building. So it's like, it sucks that a lot of this stuff seems pretty systemic, you know? from generations of stuff i agree i agree i also think i mean part of the disconnect that comes just from like parents and kids is autonomy and the fact that at one point in your life you're going to gain it and then you're going to stop looking at your parents like you know they're taller than all the buildings and then it's like coming to terms with the fact that my parents are people yeah i was just saying this like yeah parents are like sometimes the greatest actors ever like really yeah yeah how's not even to be too invasive. Don't answer this if you don't want. But how, do you have a good relationship with your parents? I think that it's. I think that it's gotten better. I think that it's definitely gotten better because I love them both so much, and I'm lucky enough to like have both my parents still together. And like, I didn't have many friends who didn't have divorced parents, or who at least I didn't go to their house and like would literally see their parents fighting. And I never saw my parents argue. My parents love each other so much, and they love their kids so much. There definitely was like things that my parents and I would disagree on. I mean, I. I rap about what I rap about, you know, no one's parents money like money hard. makes my dick hard. No one's parents are, are going to be like, oh, hey, like what'd you learn in school today? Money makes my dick hard, mom. Or, or like your mom's at reading club. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, what's Mick up to? Yeah. I it's mean, like, why don't you just play this track? And all the moms like, <laughs> oh, much. my God. I texted my parents. They're both cycle class instructors. So I actually texted them. and was like, hey, are you going to stream my music in cycle class? They were like, yeah, if you record a clean version. Cycle class? Like, yes, a, like, like a spin class. Like spin class. Yeah. Oh, your parents are super fit. My parents are super fit. Wow. Yeah. My dad did P90X like three times. Okay, he's a psycho. And then he met, he like got invited to a conference and he met all the, like, the P90X people. That's where I met your mom? All that. <laughs> no, my parents met in um, college. They were both models. Whoa. Yeah. Like runway models or photo models? Like a, it was like a, they did like a, had like a college troupe that would do like fashion shows and photo shoots. Yeah. So you, that's kind of where you get creative sense from, huh? Oh, definitely. And it's funny because both of my parents, they look at my outfits and they're like, what's going on here? This is a little different. Nick's <laughs> pushing the boundaries. Definitely, definitely. But I mean, my mom like raised me to have, she had me writing, like doing full page book reports, reading multiple books a week and all of that. Like I could read and write and write in cursive before I was four years old. Whoa. So my mom. So and super genius. 
So is a boo. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. I would definitely say that I'm. I'm intelligent and I can definitely hold my own. Um, but my mom's mom was a superintendent when that was definitely unheard of for a black woman. And okay. so in Atlanta. Uh, no, actually in Ohio. So when did the family relocate down south? Um, a couple of years before I was born. My parents were both um, mechanical engineers, and they got jobs in Atlanta because there was kind of a market for that. So they moved down there, and then they started popping out the babies. Never oh, you, went have back. Si- you have siblings? I do. I have an older sister and a younger brother. Yeah, I was actually on FaceTime with my sister right before I left my house because she had just listened to the, the EP, and, and she, she was, was like, like, this shit's crazy. <laughs> And she then, was just smashing her head against the wall. Yeah, pretty much. And at the end of the first song, I was like, hi, mom. So she's like, wow, mom's mom's going to love that. When In the tape, was that like a text-to-speech um, generator online? <laughs> Which part? Was like, Macbeth is that bitch. It was some shit like that. <laughs> oh, wait, are you talking in the song? I think it was Control Freak. Yeah. It was like, remember when I told you to keep my yeah, damn yeah. name? Yeah. Um, no, actually, that was Siri. Um, those were, I literally just sampled some text messages that I got from someone and turned it into a song. Whoa. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to have to re-listen with that scope. Were yeah. you, were you, so were you slandering someone in the song? No, I was taking a song where I was being slandered relentlessly and was just like, yeah, I could cry about this and like have hurt feelings. But, you know, I also have bars. So I'd rather just talk about Come it in a song. Bars. <laughs> who do you like music wise? Music wise, definitely. Um, I'd say the person who can, most heavily. Can I guess? Hit me. You love Rico Nasty. Oh, obviously. Yeah. Of course I do. Of course I do. I so, think that. My biggest inspirations right now are Malibu Mitch, Rico Nasty. You familiar with Malibu Mitch? Malibu Mitch, yeah. Malibu Mitch is um, from the Bronx. Also, Suki Hana the Goat. Um, they're just, I like people who just say what the fuck is on their mind and are like, I don't care if this makes you uncomfortable or pisses you off. Like, you don't like this? Cool. This is the way I feel. Yeah, like you're going to talk about it anyways. So, like, I'm going to say what the fuck I want and talk my shit. Do you like Madonna? <laughs> Yeah, I guess. She's all right. She was like the she was the one who really started that wave. I definitely I definitely respectfully disagree. Um, who started it? I think that I don't think that necessarily Madonna is the person. I'd say I look at people like Lil Kim and I think like this is something that you were doing. Like Madonna's awesome. Don't get me wrong. I loved Madonna a lot more than I listened to her now when I was younger. The thing about Madonna is that she took something that was very, very black and queer, which is voguing, and she made it very generic. And the thing is, like, that's not her fault. The people only found it palatable when it was coming from her. What, what is voguing? Voguing is a part of um, it's part of a ballroom scene. The ballroom is like, it's where black queer trans people, black queer gay people, gay come together and they compete. And it's like. It's very, it's very much an underground culture. Compete like how? So what they do is there, there are categories, um, and I'm definitely not, not the person who is an expert on this, but my understanding of the ballrooms is that there are categories such as, you know, realness, where people who are trans are trying to pass as women, because something that's really difficult when you are obviously a trans person and very visible in that way is passing and feeling safe. So there are categories where they, you know, they do makeup and they, they shave their faces and they shave their legs and they wear these dresses and they tuck, you know, and it's basically serving you realness. Like how real can I be? Would I be able to walk down, down the street, walk into, you know, Bergman's and Zorf's and would I be able to be treated like any other woman, like any other white woman? And so is this competition, it's, 
less of a competition, but more of like we're all embracing kind of what we're going through. It definitely, I'd say this is something. This is something that was very, very big in like the late eighties and early nineties. Um, it definitely was a competition, and honestly, it was kind of catty. I mean, as much as I talk a lot about community, and the people that I know are very, very community based, and I spend a lot of time with a very healthy community of people who like. If you're eating, I'm eating, like we're taking care of each other. And that always has been the case, even in the sense of like having like a house where you live with your chosen family and together you compete in balls and competitions. But it was very catty in the sense that we want to win and we want to be better and we want to be real. And it almost in some ways would pit people against each other very similarly and definitely in a different way than what's happening now, like especially here in Boston. Yeah, so something for reference for anybody listening or watching. I had called Mick. So Mick came when we ran an additional episode with Isabella. And she said, hey, have you ever run an episode with someone who is non-binary? And to be honest, at the time, I did not know what that meant. And so I figured. (sighs) Tall white dude's got no clue what's going on. (laughs) I So I didn't know what it meant. And then I did a little research. So I don't want to come off as we get into this as insensitive at all. I just, I'm just pretty uneducated. And well, what did you, what did you see when you did your research? Binary is like a spectrum, correct? Yeah. And so if you're non-binary, it means you don't choose to identify with either male or female. And it happens to a slew a slew of people choose to be non-binary or they're born non-binary. That's one thing I didn't really connect well, with. Well, it's definitely, I mean, just like, you know. The, I, again, the, I don't want to come off insensitive. Not insensitive. Don't worry. I promise. I promise nervous. I would tell you if, if you were being insensitive. But, I mean, it's just like when you meet someone who's maybe their parents aren't okay with them, like, coming out as gay. And their parents don't say, like, you can't be gay. They just say, like, I don't know that I agree with your choice, you know. And, yeah, it's definitely a choice in the sense that, like, I could choose not to live my truth. But it's not necessarily a choice in like, I just woke up today and said, oh, you know what? Actually, I'm not a woman. I'm not a man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am something that you'll never understand. No, it's definitely. It's true. Yeah, it's definitely. It's more of a recognizing that it's always inside of you. And it's something that just like anything that you find inside of you, you can choose to engage with it or not. And so you just you n- it never clicked with you. You never felt like a boy or a girl. Well, honestly, I always felt I always felt like people were imposing a masculinity on me that I didn't want like my entire life, especially growing up in the South where, I mean, everywhere you go, people are a little bit afraid of black people. The thing is that in the South, the way that people choose to express that is a lot more in your face and unapologetic than other places. And honestly, now I'm okay with that. The thing is that when I was younger, no kid should have to deal with that. No one should have to deal with that in general. But it's very scary to feel like, no matter what I do, people are going to be looking at me and thinking that's a threat. And the thing is that people who project like aggressive and violent and scary onto someone, those are words that are often associated with like a very masculine energy. And it made me feel like I needed to be as feminine as possible. Like I you didn't like have... overcompensating? I did when I was younger. When I was younger, it was like, I mean, yes, of course, I loved like dolls and Barbies and playing with dresses and dress up and all that. But it also was like, 
I had hair down to like my shoulders or something like that when I was a kid, but I always wanted longer hair. I always wanted longer hair. I always wanted to be like taller and thinner. And then I was like, maybe what people would be less afraid of me if I were, you know, paler. And then I noticed the way that like people who were just like me would get treated at school, who the only difference between us might be the fact that like they were lighter than I was, you know, and like that definitely there's this thing called the doll test where they give a bunch of kids dolls. They give a black doll and a white doll. They're basically like, which doll is better? Which doll is bad? Which doll is evil? Every single kid, even the black kids, they all said that the good doll was the white doll. The bad doll was the black doll. Well, it's like a, a psychological study. Yeah, and it's literally, exactly. And it's literally just like the idea that, okay, so this is bad for no reason other than like we're looking at it and we're seeing something that we don't understand that makes it evil. Like in Renaissance paintings, the devil and the demons are always painted as like dark people and the heavenly and the fair are always lighter. And yeah, that's kind of that's how just, people have just, viewed it. That's, that's just, psychological it's, though, right? it's like completely psychological. Light is exactly. good and dark is bad. Exactly. And that doesn't mean that Only that's bad actually stuff the case. in the night. Exactly. And so definitely feeling like I was like so, so overpowered by this masculine energy that I didn't understand but also wanting to find a way to reclaim it and like I remember when I was in junior in high school I shaved my head and I started dressing like extremely extremely masculine and like I only wore black I only wore t-shirts I only wore sneakers what is masculine dressing like you're wearing like a blazer yeah well for me for me honestly I always thought the blazers were very femme to be honest I mean here's where it gets interesting because no matter what I look at when it comes to like not even just clothing that's in the men's with women's section, but also just the way that I feel when I put something on, you know, it might feel very like androgynous. It might feel very masculine or feminine, but so much about binaries is recognizing that like, yeah, there's, there's two, you know, there's, there's man, there's woman, but since the beginning of time, there's been others. There's been people that are called two spirit. There's been the third sex, you know, it's not like non-binary came out of the wazoo because of Tumblr two years ago. Or, or there's some Reddit feeds. Yeah, or like some, <laughs> some Reddit argument was like, well, actually, you know what? Fuck you, John. I don't have a gender anymore. It's, it's, not, it's not the case, you know? It's more recognizing that there are, there are people who, it, being non-binary means something different for everyone. And um, that's actually something that I asked like my Instagram followers because I have so many people who follow me on Instagram who are non-binary. And genuinely, when I started to like question my gender identity, I had just made friends with some really awesome non-binary people. And I didn't know that non-binary was a thing. I was like, I don't know what to call this. I'm just chilling. And sometimes I get really sad and confused about like everything. And I look in a mirror and I'm like, I don't have a face. I don't have a mouth. I'm just a floating head. I don't know what's happening. And so it's it's definitely something that having an open line of communication with people who are non-binary, as well as explaining to people just like, yeah, it might be hard to understand. And it's different because there are people who are non-binary who are transitioning. And the reason they call themselves non-binary is because maybe they don't feel comfortable passing in public and saying like, I'm trans and I'd rather use like he, him as opposed to she, her. There's also people who will never transition. So... So in the most simplistic way possible, you're saying so non-binary is I don't identify with either male or female as my gender pronoun and the way I feel inside. Right. Okay. I get it. So you had told me yesterday to take down my story because I had said she's coming up, I think. Right. So I use they, them pronouns. So it's very, for some people, this is like very difficult to like kind of just do the switch because quick, do you mind if i pull up instagram live not at all well content i know you're content <laughs> so what i'm saying is like i'm about to call you a content queen is that okay that's that's 100 okay but is a content king straight too people yeah 
People call me everything. I get called. What do you want to be called? Honestly, king, queen. I'm fine with both. I get. I sometimes I call myself the empress, the emperor. It's the Macbeth show. Exactly. It's the Macbeth show. What's popping? Hi. No, no one's in there just yet. But but they will be. So you're saying is it different for everybody? So, like, before you got here, I should say a, to a boo, like, yo, uh, they're, they may be bringing a friend with them. Right. That, that would be best. Yeah. It's just like, I mean, let's say you have someone coming and it's like, I don't know, you're going on a blind date. You're going on a blind date and you have not specified whether you're interested in dating a specific type of person. So you have no idea who you're going to meet. And you're like, wow, I have a date with this person. You know, you could also say like, I have a date with a girl or I have a date with a guy, but you literally just, just substituting that neutral pronoun. It means that it gives room for people to have the option to just be. It means that people don't have to necessarily say like, actually I use they, them pronouns or actually I'm more comfortable with these pronouns or actually these are my only pronouns because it's hard sometimes, especially in public spaces. So you don't get pissed if someone says that to you, do you? You understand. It's more, it's not even a thing of understanding because I need to like understand where they're at. It's more just knowing that people don't know. It's not that non-binary people love being misgendered and some people do get upset. You know, I'm not necessarily in a place where I get furious when people misgender me because it's something that I'm prepared for. And even being prepared for it, some people just can't handle it. Kind of like a nut allergy. Yeah. It's like, so I grew up, couldn't eat peanuts. So it's like, Connor, to be honest with you, man, you're going to have to go eat at that special table. That was the worst analogy ever in my life. But what I'm saying is like, you are not in a posi- you're in a position where you understand that people aren't going to people don't get exactly what you're experiencing some people do i'm i'm in a place where i understand that there has not been a conversation for a lot of people about who i am but before i understood what non-binary meant to me I understood that there were not conversations being had by people about who I am and where I was at. Because the thing is that there's, there's being, there's being black, there's being black in America, there's being gay, there's being gay in America. Black people don't like gay people. There's being black and gay in America. Then there's the fact that gay people who are like, I'm a cisgender, which means I identify with the gender I was assigned with at birth. I'm a cisgender gay person. Yeah, I'm cis, right? Right, you are. So being cis, that's fine. Being cis and gay, also fine. Being cis and gay and hating trans people, kind of fucked up. Being cis and gay and hating trans people, and then recognizing that there are trans people who are only okay with being trans because they know that they're going to transition. And then there's trans people who aren't going to transition who would rather be called non-binary or gender non-conforming. And that's where the gray area is, is not fucking with the gender you were assigned with at birth and recognizing that you 100% are the gray area that no one is comfortable with. Why is it important to you to to make sure that everyone understands you? The reason, I don't necessarily need to be understood by everyone. But do you know what I'm saying? Couldn't it just be like, yeah, I'm Macbeth, I'm living my own life. It doesn't really, it's not a huge deal that you guys have no clue what's going on in my head and I don't know what's going on in yours. Right. But it's more than just not having something going on in your head. The thing is that that's where it gets into what is what is mine? What's what's my tea? You know, what belongs to me versus what am I giving to the world that I demand that they respect? And something that 
is a bare minimum requirement for me and always has been the way I was raised. It always will be is that people respect me. And that means respecting my pronouns. That means respecting my friends. That means when I go places with my friends and people misgender them, they get corrected, you know? And it's not because if I go to a cafe, I order a coffee, they call my name, I'm standing too far away. And they're like, Oh, can you give that girl her coffee? I'm not going to yell about it. Yeah. Thanks for my coffee. Steaming high, you just throw it back. <laughs> Fuck you! Fuck your pronouns. No, it's more just it's like this coffee. recognizing that people are taking up space and that they shouldn't have to apologize or feel obligated to explain who they are every step of the way. And it's as simple as recognizing that there have just not been conversations had. I mean, from the time I was a kid, everyone looks at, you know, little boys and little girls and they're like, oh, they're going to get married one day. No one looks at little little girls and little girls and is like, they should hold hands because they want to get married one day. We're going to have a fake wedding for them. We'll get cake and everything. It'll be great. No, because that as soon as you, you impose a conversation about binaries, as soon as you impose a conversation about sexuality that's outside of the norm, it becomes predatory. It becomes hypersexualized. How much of this now, so you're, you're newly... You're not newly an artist, but you've been really putting out music for like a year. How much of this is an expression of stuff you've internalized growing up? Because I feel like you're probably just frustrated all the time. And now you're like, yo, fucking A. I feel like I'm kind of eloquent and I can articulate myself okay. Let me just be, put my foot down. Honestly, I wouldn't say that I'm frustrated all the time. I think that... The tape was frustrated. The tape was 100%. The tape was not frustrated. The tape was pissed the fuck off. The tape was so like... Who are you pissed at? <laughs> well, Outside of racism, there's got to be someone you well, want to punch square in the mouth. Yeah, yeah. I'm not someone who names names. And I definitely think that there are... The thing about music is when One I write... Second, that, that, has that clicked? Okay, wait. Abu, you're my guy. You enjoying this? It's great. Awesome. <laughs> We're having a great interview. Yeah, yeah. When I When I write songs, I draw from my life. I mean, you will not... You won't hear it unless I wrote it. And I genuinely um, hope that I'll get to work with really talented songwriters in the future. But right now, you lied. everything. Someone wrote those texts. You didn't write that. Oh, you're right. Damn it. You fucking coward. <laughs> I'm, I'm so sis. <laughs> it's, um, it's definitely recognizing that I'm drawing from a lot of places in my life. And some of it is 100% internal. And some of it are things that like have generally happened. So, yeah, I mean... Do you think that your favorite artists, like Rigo Nasty, I love Rigo Nasty. The first time I heard Rage, I was like, holy shit, yes. This is me. Exactly. I mean, yeah, but it's it's obviously, it's like so her too. And that's the thing is it's like, you're not sorry for feeling how you feel. But do you think that she wrote that song or that anybody wrote a song where they were pissed the fuck off because because they just were pissed the fuck off. No, like someone obviously pushed you that level, you know, and that doesn't mean you're going to stay angry like that forever. I definitely can say that the songs that I've written and like this project, I would not have been able to put it out or record it or finish it if I hadn't been able to process just the way that life was happening. I mean, life happened really, really fast for me for the first six months of the year. And now it feels like things are finally slowing down. And I feel like as a direct result of that, I've been able to finally give the art that I like, I'm so proud of. What is it that happened fast? What do you mean? Um, I moved I moved out of the house that I'd been living in for a really long time. Um, like basically since I got here, a house of queer artists who I was like the baby of the house. I'm baby. Um, but I was the baby of the house. I was the youngest. And I would always tell people that I felt like I was the least accomplished in the house. And it's not because I hadn't been, you know, doing anything, it's because I had just gotten here. It was like you're a kid, you don't know how to be on your own, you're still figuring it out. You live in a house of people who are way older than you. How old are you now? I'm twenty one. 
Guess how old I am? 24. 23. 23. Guess how old a boo is? 22. So, hey, so you can booze now. Gang. Let's go get drunk. <laughs> Maybe so. Honestly, I, I finally no, became no, a no, beer no. boy. You're drinking but, uh, beer? I just became a beer boy fairly recently. You got to be one of the most interesting people. I know. Beer <laughs> is terrible. Oh. I, I, I don't know. I have, I have a lot of feelings about Coronas. <laughs> have, have you always, would you consider yourself eccentric? Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. I I definitely Well I consider myself eccentric. Yeah. But I, I consider you I honestly I find you eccentric also. I think that swag. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're pretty cool. Um I think that I'm constantly surprising people. I was definitely constantly surprising my family. I think that this this EP when I first started performing these songs live, there was a definite shift. I mean, my songs that I had before this, um, some of them were posted online, some of them were not. They were definitely good. But I, I can say without a doubt that this EP has completely changed the way that I've done music. Like it's completely, it even changed the way that I perform. Like I used to be, I did theater in high school, so I always was someone who wanted to dance while I was singing. Yeah, I can imagine you were always pretty expressive. Yeah, yeah. But it's different when it's you, your you songs. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> what was I? Or no. the music man, Shapoopy. Oh, Shapoopy, the girl is hard to get. Freshman year, we did... Legally Blonde the musical. Whoa. Yes, yeah, sophomore Were you year. Elle Woods? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Obviously, <laughs> everyone wants to pay to see a black black Elle Woods. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I can I can hit every note, I'm just saying. <laughs> you can sing for sure. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's definitely also different is just recognizing that the music that really popped off for me are like rap tracks when I started rapping last year in August. Um, during Leo season, which is approaching. I'm very excited for it. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, Leo season. Isn't Hope a Leo too? Hope is a Leo. Leo icon, honestly. Leo how, season. how heavy are you on astrology? Okay, but before we start in all this, you got to relax a little, okay? Because I know how deep this stuff can get. <laughs> on a, and actually, before we even move, segue to that point, because this is probably what we'll cut up as a clip, because I want to cut up at some hashtag valuable content. So, when you're approaching somebody who's Mm non-binary and someone who does not identify with either gender, what is the most appropriate way to do it? Well, it's not about approaching someone who's non-binary because, for the most part, you can't look at a person and just go, that's a non-binary person. Well, what I'm saying is, like, I know you're non-binary. Right, right. So, the thing is, it's really just about approaching people in general. I mean, obviously, if you know a person personally, there's no problem being like, hey man, what's up? But walking up to someone maybe that you've never been known or when you're referring to someone that maybe you don't necessarily know their pronouns, you can just say like, oh, hey, that person's cool. Or, oh, it's nice to meet you. Like, And even if I'm in a party setting or like a place where there's a lot of people, I'll just default to gender neutral pronouns until someone like Understands. says, oh, hey, like she or oh hey i use he and that way i mean generally i approach people and when i meet people i say hi my name is mick how are you i use they them pronouns what are your pronouns it's a great way to give people the chance to tell you their pronouns if they is feel anyone comfortable. like whoa no no so i feel like if you were to come at me with that on the street i'd be like hold up freeze up what do i say i mean granted why would i approach you on the street because i'm cis and white tall that's that's a lot of reason for me not to approach you oh, on the street God, i'm gonna be I honest <laughs> i'm gonna be honest and it's not even that you suck it's more just that experience I, in general i don't necessarily run in circles with a lot of like cis white people that doesn't mean i don't know any i well, definitely this go- have the golden friends. deer circle is inclusive but um 
I believe in inclusivity in all forms, and that just means like when I approach people, as if I don't know you, I will always ask you what your pronouns are. So to simplify for the audience, what Mick is saying is, if you approach someone who's non-binary, it'd be most appropriate to say they or them. Yeah. And but most people, if you initially say like, "Hey, what's she up to?" They're not going to get pissed. They'll understand most times. So and sometimes they won't. Sometimes they'll be like, "Hey, actually." Those aren't my pronouns. I'm not okay with you using them. I know, but don't be ma- don't be mad though. Like I can't speak for everyone. I can only speak for myself. Okay. I mean, I think that I don't think that all forms of rage are necessary, but I definitely think that there's there's a lot of reasons for non-binary people to be angry, especially when you when you feel like not only does no one see you, no one wants to see you. People want to go out of their way to not see you. And then when you try and make yourself visible, people treat you like you're a chore. I get that. And also, I'm sure growing up, and this is some of the, in what you had going on internally, that you felt slighted, I'm sure, by American society because you just felt like an outsider. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of like... It's like making it's like <laughs> making an ice cream sundae of oppression. <laughs> okay. And I don't necessarily feel like I don't necessarily feel like I'm exponentially oppressed. I don't walk down the street and be like, "This is so hard." But it's like anything could happen to but anyone. Perspective-wise, can't you just also flip it and say, "Yo, look at all this terrible shit I went through. I'm going to use it as fuel." One, two, on a on a marketing tip, you have now have weapons that you can market yourself as that nobody else can. Hey, stream my baby. That's all I have to say. <laughs> but you feel me though, right? 100%. I feel like that is exactly what I've done and, and what I'll going. continue to do. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Business mind. Yeah. Okay. Young, young Jeff Bezos. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, not that guy. <laughs> that guy's a genius. He's, he's a lot of things. <laughs> a lot of things. Um, no, I, I definitely, I definitely see that. And I definitely see where you're coming from. Also like something that's really simple and it's a great way, like, just to show not just solidarity, but just to say like, hey, you know what? Like, I recognize that while I don't necessarily have to worry about feeling like people don't see me, some people do. It's just put your pronouns in your social media bio. Like when people follow you and they see like on my social media at the bottom, it says like, they, them, bitch. It used to just say Macbeth. They, them. And I used to you, actually. What's your real name? Mick? Yes. Michaela? Mick. Your real name is Mick, M-I-C-K? Mm-hmm. For real? Real deal? Like on your birth certificate, it's Mick? Nah, on my ah. birth certificate, it's not Mick, but I don't let anybody call me anything but Mick. Okay. Yeah. Was that like a a, a non-binary choice? Because it, it could both ways? It's precisely. I think that definitely my family called me by my government name, but these bitches aren't my family. <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> like Mick could be like Mick Foley, the wrestler, but also like Mick, like, that shorty over there, Mick. Yeah, it's true. No, it's funny. I uh, I met this person. Um, I used to be a canvasser. I used to stand on the street in the vest with the binder, being like, "Hey, what's up? You want to talk about saving the world?" Um, and what, what what specific issue? Um, I did a children's rights campaign for Plan International. I did a microloan campaign for Heifer International, and then I did human oh, rights. Heifer, yeah, Heifer. human rights for Amnesty. Heifer was, had to do with what again? Um, so they would give um, farm animals to families, and like that way, like oh, a small yeah, loan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like if you learn how to take care of the goat yourself, you can use the money from the milk to buy more land and have a farm. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah. 
Okay, so what was the segue again? Oh, so, the segue was astrology, and then you told me to calm down. We started okay. talking more about gender. Okay, yeah. All right. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're on the ball. But I do not understand astrology. Okay. What sign am I? Am I? And what does it mean? Is it like you're, from what I understand, it's like the moon is positioned mm-hmm. in specific places. And based on who you are and when you're born, your spirit pulls from certain gravitational pull. Like you get certain gravitational force. Oh God, I will just stop. But that's what I'm, that's what I, I kind of <laughs> understand. Like you like lock in when the moon's closest to what your sign is in the stars. You sound like you're, it sounds like you're describing what happens to those mermaids on that show H2O when they see the moon and they go into a trance. That's um, kind of what I not imagine. Not quite. So, um, <laughs> I actually have a book on astrology in my bag right now. I'm not going to pull it out. I promise. Please don't. Basically, simply put, a lot of people don't believe that astrology is relevant or real. Um, and they're like, honestly, it doesn't make any sense. But guess what? Those are the same people who believe in science. Astrology is literally science. Astrologers, they're scientists. What do they do? They watch the planets. What is someone's astrological chart? It is literally where the planets were aligned at the time and place that you were born. Hey, listen, you don't have to prove that it's right. Oh, no, I just did. Okay. Don't prove to me that's right. Just explain it to me. Well, that's what astrology is. Okay. So your chart, everybody has a birth chart, and it's completely based on your birth, date of birth, December the time and place 22nd. you were born. Right. So the, based on where you were born and where the planets were aligned when you were born, there are literal coordinates of the planets, and that's basically the, you get planets, you get houses. Every planet is ruled by a sign. Oh, good. Don't worry about it. Every, every house is also ruled by a sign. So the idea is that you can look at someone's chart and kind of learn a lot about the person and they are and how they operate. So like I can meet a person, I'm not always correct. I'd say, I'd say like 80% of the time I'm right when I meet somebody, I can look at them and if I can't guess their sign immediately, I can usually guess whether they're like an earth, an air, or a water sign. Um, based on the way they conduct themselves? It's based on their physical appearance and the way they conduct themselves. Oh, that you can notice stark physical characteristics based on their sign? Definitely. Um, something that's very, very specific about um, cancers, which um, it's actually cancer season right now. So happy birthday if you're a cancer. Um, cancer the crab? Yes, the crab. Shout out to the cancers. Yeah, so cancers, uh, they have very, very specific jaw structures and like facial structures, like very chiseled, very strong. And sometimes it's like very chiseled to points where it's like sharp. Sometimes it's just they have a very like stocky face. What is a Capricorn? Um, I actually don't know. I'm still learning about the physical characteristics of the signs. Like something that I definitely know about Capricorns is that I, I used to joke around and tell people that I felt like Capricorns were what would happen if you took Virgos and Aquariuses and took all the fun parts out. Thanks. <laughs> no, fine. but Capricorns Capricorns are very hard workers. I actually I actually really admire Capricorns because not only are Capricorns very detail oriented in the way that they just like schedule the way that they operate, but they're also very hard working. I'm gonna have to take care of that. Actually, Abu, would you mind just running out and just grabbing the door real quick? Thank you, bro. Hey, go around, man. Studio's been pretty tumultuous. Ah. Okay, so you're saying that Capricorns are not fun. Why? (laughs) That was just me being petty. I'm kind of of a fun guy. I don't think that Capricorns are actually not fun. I know a lot of really fun Capricorns. And so you're a Sagittarius? I am. And what does that mean? So, so from what I know is there's a duality, right? There's like good things for these signs and there's bad things. Yes. 
Yes. So what are what was a, a traditional Sagittarius good things and what are their bad things? Definitely Sagittarians are the lucky sign. Like they're the sign that always lands on their feet. They're very adventurous. Um, they like to kind of go from place to place and they're always trying new things. Um, as a result, they're very flighty. They can have trouble, you know, staying in one place for too long, whether it's literally like a living situation or just like planting roots in a relationship or like committing to like a time and day for this thing that needs to get done. You know, it can be very difficult for Sagittarians to handle confrontation in a way that is mature. Um, I saw this really funny tweet that said, um, when the devil needs someone taken care of, he sends a Sagittarius because... <laughs> My fault. Do you help with some, bro? Um, I think they have a session. This is, but there's no engineer here, so... Okay. Sorry. No, you're good. Um, Sagittarians are—they—they they can be very vengeful, very vengeful. You feel um, vengeful? Uh, there have definitely been times when I felt vengeful. I'd say that the times are rare and few when I feel overwhelmed by like a revenge fantasy. I can definitely say I've had times where I'm like, "Oh, I'm so fucking pissed off." Well, listen but to the tape, man. <laughs> listen to the tape. Vengeful. Stream, I'm baby. I'm baby. Yeah. You d- hey, give you a plug. Um. Where to find you? Yes. I am a rapper, singer, songwriter, and dancer. You can find me on Instagram at It's Macbeth, I-T-S-M-I-C-K-B-E-T-H. You can find me on Twitter where I tweet about my really shitty love life, XOXO Gossip Goth. You can find me on all streaming platforms if you look up Macbeth, M-I-C-K space B-E-T-H. You should run for office. I actually got a text yesterday asking me to run for office in Georgia. You should. I'm. I'm not kidding. You. You could literally probably be like the first popular non-binary politician ever. <laughs> yeah, and instead of you know, making the lawmakers you know sit and like actually deliberate, I'd be like, no, you can't speak because you're you're a Virgo. Exactly. <laughs> or you're too sis. Shut that mouth, man. Ah, no, I don't think I'd say that. So okay, so is all astrology real deal like i mean there's definitely really shitty stupid like buzzfeed articles i mean granted granted it's like it's buzzfeed you know it's like just screenshots from the internet and like goofy pictures it's like if we can tell you which is which astrologicals on you are based on your favorite recent which like okay maybe maybe you can and if so how did you know you like that apple cinnamon (laughs) no 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 I am definitely a cobbler. Yes, precisely. Exactly. As long as it's peachy, it's me. It's who I am. Um, no, I think astrology is really cool because it's something that I got really interested in learning more about um, when I started to notice just like the dynamics between myself and my friends and started to wonder, oh, like, why does this work versus, oh, why maybe did this not work? You know, and I can look at um, people's charts and kind of see connections i have this problem i am like so insanely drawn to just like all tauruses for no reason in particular like i just love tauruses <laughs> why is that like is that because i know that a lot of astrology signs like they can link up yeah well here's the thing about tauruses so the way astrology works is because there's zodiacs based on like the months of the year you know and every season kind of goes from like the middle of one month, the middle of the next. Okay. There are also sister signs. So I'm a Sagittarius. My sister sign is Gemini. I used to live with a Gemini. We're still very 
good friends. Our Gemini's are really like soft and emotional ones. <laughs> that was funny. Oh, oh. <laughs> you guys aren't roommates anymore? Uh, no, no. Um, we don't live together anymore. I moved out of that house in January. I still really deeply admire them. Um, because that Gemini was getting too soft. Uh, Gemini's aren't soft. I wouldn't. I wouldn't call Gemini soft. I know soft Gemini's, but I'd say that Gemini's are definitely sensitive. What, what month is Gemini? Gemini's are. Um, it's mid 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 May to mid June. Yeah, I know a couple of Gemini's. Yeah, for sure. Gemini's are no. I like. I'm like deeply interested in the way that Gemini's operate because Gemini's are really, really, really driven. They also have like this insane tunnel vision, and when a Gemini is like really about themselves, they're just like. Here I am. <laughs> what is that? I don't, I don't know. Ooh, ooh. Must be outside. No. no. Interesting. No. Okay. Well. Does he need help? So that's a John Scott. He's the. Have you met John yet? I don't know. He, he uh. He is newly little baby's personal engineer. Wow. <laughs> so nobody really knows, but he's kind of the dude in Boston that is probably going to make this the most commercial hotbed in terms of everything. That's crazy. I know. Wow. He's kind of freaking out. Sorry, this is... Uh-oh. Oh, crash, dude. Um, okay. So they're going to kick us out of the stew soon, but... Okay. I want you to... One, I learned a ton. Thank you. Did you enjoy yourself? I did. I did. I'm very happy to be here. I was I really should, excited. Maybe we should do a second episode because I feel like you're just like a bundle of knowledge. I would love to. Yeah, I'm so down. And and maybe I'll get like a an astronomer on. <laughs> I honestly, I would really enjoy that, That'd to be, be honest. Awesome. Yeah, no. I would just show them my chart and they would just say, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Wait, so you are what? I'm a Sagittarius. Okay, yeah. Well, and- you know, um, I am interrupting you. I'm sorry. You Go know ahead. that picture of that black hole that they released, um, like beginning of summer? No, but I feel like you're on the internet too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, they really, well, no, it's just there, there has never been a picture of a black hole, like in history. They've never been able to get an actual captured pit, po- photo of it. So it was like a huge deal. The thing is they also got the coordinates of the black hole. So based on the coordinates of the black hole, you can find out if there are black hole placements on your astrological chart and how that might affect your life. So like having like a black hole on your love life, it means you have like a really tumultuous love life or like things just don't necessarily go your way. Like, it's really intense and it feels really, like, painful, but, like, good, painful, you know? Or, like, a black hole in, like, your emotional world, which means your emotional world is always in, like, just tumult. I just thought that was interesting. Wait, so you feel... I have a black hole on my Venus. So I have a black hole on my love life. Okay, now we're going down a rabbit (laughs) hole here. But I promise that is all I have to say about astrology. Okay, you probably got bundles of knowledge that I don't have. But, listen, let's... Do you know? Do you remember how Isabella started and ended it? I was thinking about this because I was like, "Oh no, I'm gonna mess it up." Hi. Hi. I'm Macbeth, and this is my golden hour. And hi, I'm Macbeth, and that was my golden hour. Hi, I'm Macbeth, and that was. This is. And this that is was. that was. Okay, cool. I can do that. Wh- which camera would you like us to slate to? The, middle, the medium shot. Hey, thanks. You, you have fun. Yeah. I don't really know what's going on with this alarm, but. Hi, I'm Macbeth, and this is my golden hour. Hi, I'm Macbeth, and that was my golden hour.